Hey, party people, thank you for tuning in to The Sacred Spot. The Sacred Spot seeks to provide a brave, open, welcome, and affirming space for Black faith practitioners and higher ed professionals that help us to develop restorative practices rooted in healing and wholeness from an African diaspora center perspective. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back. We're so glad that you've joined us for another episode of The Sacred Spot. My name is Raquel. And we are so glad to just be back with you guys. I know it's been a long hiatus. We said we was waiting on him to get back up from the grave. And then Kyle felt like he got up and we went down. (laughs) 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 The summer. Ain't that real? (laughs) The summer. We still down. Yes, beloved. Yes. How low can you go? Go (laughs) I know that's right. I know (laughs) that's right. So I just, you know, thank y'all for your patience. Thank you for everybody who asked me when we was coming back. We appreciate it. Um, and yeah, we just definitely wanted to just have a free for all catch all up. We decided to title this episode Church Cookies and Red Punch <laughs> uh, because yeah, it's really going to be about fellowship, about connecting, just about what you do in the fellowship hall, right? When you're just kicking it, when you're hanging. Anybody who can remember, uh, you know, uh, I think Dustin first sent the picture where he had some of the uh, the butter oh, cookies yeah. wrapped around his fingers or whatnot. And what kind of memories did that bring back for you? <laughs> Listen, all I could remember in that moment was sitting in the fellowship hall at Daisy Chapel Baptist Church in Beulahville, North Carolina. Um, just seeing that, you know, the cookies on the table and some pound cake and things of that nature, probably around about vacation Bible school, which I still don't know why we call it vacation Bible school. Um, Miss Jerlene, you know, all them old ladies in the, in the kitchen and Deacon Charlie chasing that. Yeah. That's what I, I thought about in that moment. No, absolutely. My, you know, my grandma, uh, ran the hospitality ministry. Mm-hmm. She went all that hospitable <laughs> love of the devil. <laughs> she ran a tight ship, actually. In that That's how you do. You got to cut people out. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> that was her ministry. But oh, she would go and buy them butter cookies. Honey, buy the pound from Sam's Club. And buy them mm. little sandwiches, little sandwich meat. And on Friday for uh, VBS, that was when that was when VBS was a whole week. This this Monday through Wednesday foolishness that they done came up with right. as a lady. We was in there every day. Exactly. You got your little certificate. Exactly. Your well, certificate you get your big certificate Friday and all the classes do their presentation and that's when you had a big dinner. And my grandma used to do like fried chicken. She would do uh, fish or spaghetti or you know, she would just do a big old meal for the kids, for the cheering and whatnot on that Friday. So yeah, fond memories, great times, great times. What's y'all vacation Bible school memories? What y'all share it with us um you know shout out to all the vbs folks or whatnot i don't know if y'all did it virtually this year or in person but it definitely you know for some kids that was you know a big part of their summers because it was when you know you was gonna be able to eat mm-hmm. <laughs> every <whatnot>. day <laughs> exactly you know you could be around trusted adults <laughs> Mm-hmm. But not, you know, it gave parents a kind of break in the. But well, we had a deacon that you couldn't trust. Well, yeah, yeah. let me let me not assume. <laughs> but, not, but yes, but it gave you know a lot of single mothers. I think in particular, like it gave them you know a kind of break from the week in the evenings. They could go and do other things, on you know, and it was it was it, it was a, a big ministry and a good part of you know um, of my memory as a child or not. Um, and it just gave us opportunities to be. Uh, 
just children and sometimes yes. even <laughs> you know even mischievous or whatnot and just doing things that you weren't even supposed to do getting the yes. things you weren't supposed to get into but it's I all think that's why that the, the <laughs> cookies on the finger really just took me back to childhood for really just the innocence of it right you just yes everybody you take them cookies put them on your fingers and you know some people just nibble around it or whatever you did um but you know in that moment when i found the cookies in i think i was in kroger or something i was like you know what i have to buy these they end up messing up my stomach anyway but um, <laughs> yeah he's vegan i didn't realize that they had <clears throat> milk ingredients in it but whatever like it was just that that nostalgia and when i posted it on instagram just the amount of people who saw it and then like sent me messages like, oh my God, where did you get those? Right. Oh, they like they they were talking about vacation Bible school and everything else. I was like, yes, like sometimes we just have to, we just really got to remember, right? Just take yeah. time just to like go back to that, that time of innocence. That was so good. That was so no. good. I enjoyed it. Cause we always for our vacation Bible school we knew at the end of the week, not only were we going to have our presentations, right? Each class did their presentations, whether it be a skit or it was some art that you did or whatever, like we show up and, you know, it was kind of like a competition. Um, But we also knew that that Saturday, Saturday morning, we were going to go up, get up and we were going to go to the water park or to the park or something, right? There was always a trip, trip but you had to have your certificate because if you didn't have your certificate, you couldn't go. Miss Geraldine wasn't going to let us go on the trip one year. Oh, Um, child. She better be the superintendent of VBA. (laughs) Reverend, she used to give us um she used to give us grades on our coloring. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> I know that. She used to right. give you an A plus F F minus if you didn't color if you colored outside the lines. She like, said excellent. She said we will have excellence in the boys' house. I know that's right. <laughs> Shout out to her. No, for real. No, it is. Well, you know, speaking of looking back, I mean just let's talk about these past what six or eight months a lot of transitions a lot of change mm. a lot of shifts or whatnot so you know we started this podcast as two folks who are pretty much doing it seems religious work um and that has shifted or changed or not for one of us indeed so yeah just talk about the new stuff you got popping you know yeah i have um left the uh religious uh side of 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 higher education and i'm over in student development now so i I left campus ministry um in march um and took on a position as the director of our multicultural center or director in our multicultural center um and it has been a a great shift for me it was a Mm -hmm. shift that happened after a great deal of discernment covid definitely definitely helped to speed up that process of discerning um, but I, I realized that, um, you know, certain opportunities you just can't pass up. And so, um, our executive director left last year, um, to, to take on another position on the West coast. And, um, so that kind of allowed the director to, to move up and then this position was vacant and I wasn't going to apply at first, but, um, continue to think through it. And I was kind of convinced by some friends and colleagues to apply and here I am and it's a different world right it's a different world not being in because this is the first first time that I've had a role um, a a job that wasn't 
connected to the church in some way. Mm-hmm. Even when I was a community organizer, it was connected mm-hmm. to churches. Absolutely. Um, so this is my first time not being connected. Um, and, and it actually feels good. There's th- th- it, something feels good about it. Um, still able to do some ministry pieces um, and, and maybe even on a di- in a different way. Um, but yeah, it, it feels good. It feels good. And I ain't been to church still. So. Amen. <laughs> I cannot tell you. Well, what feels different? And you, I mean, I, and I know you said that this was after much discernment. And, you know, maybe I know there are a lot of folks who are discerning um, job shifts and they're discerning vocational shifts, professional shifts. I feel like the pandemic has spurred a lot of that on, even identity shifts um, or whatnot, where people, I don't know, I guess a year and a half of, you know, being in the house or the different changes or different stressors that come with where you're employed is really made a lot of people really mm-hmm. sit and reflect on where they are. Where do I want to be? <laughs> what kind of life do I want to craft? So, I mean, talk a little bit about your discernment process, the process you went through to kind of make that shift and make that transition into a more secular based role. Yeah. I mean, it was a, um, it was after months of having to sit with myself, right. And really figure it out, what it is that I wanted long-term, it was, it, it kind of, so that was part of it. It happened after being furloughed in my previous position um, and mm-hmm. kind of like noting um, for me what, what, what made real um, the fact that I was replaceable <laughs> or at the least, you know, I mm-hmm. could be put on the shelf until Expendable. they wanted to take me back down. Yeah, And then it was also the very like a very real piece of it for me was the very consistent um feeling of having to pour out right in a role that required weekly preaching um you know and and doing that in a new way where everything is virtual there's no face-to-face connections with with people um and also feeling like in, in having to do that weekly preaching um that I, I didn't have anything to pour out um kind of mm-hmm. feeling empty uh mm-hmm. feeling that like sermons were stale that they were just not there not feeling creative not feeling mm-hmm. effective um and then having to really reassess is is this what um is this what I wanted to do mm-hmm. um for the rest of my life right is is this where I saw myself and it wasn't right i, I was very clear that I never wanted to kind of do full-time pastoring, right? Or anything that required me to preach on a weekly basis. Um, and I just got to the point where I, I felt like I was just going through a motion. I was doing it because it had to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and anytime there was an excuse for me not to have to do it, <laughs> I would jump at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I got on, you know, for worship and the recording, the audio messed up, I'm like, mm, thank you, God. You know, <laughs> worship canceled this week, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, like, and then this um, position you know, it kind of aligned with where I, where, where I see myself or maybe even saw myself moving um, in terms of my like career traje- career trajectory. So mm. yeah, that was a lot of the, the, the movement and, and it was, it was hard, right? It was hard to, to make the shift because I knew that students would have to make the adjustments. Um, I really didn't care about my department making the adjustments, although they, you know, 
did kind of make it um, hard, harder than it than it should have been to, <laughs> to kind of move over. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I realized at some point that I had to make the move because it was the best move for me. Um, and sometimes that's what matters most. Wow. No, seriously. I mean, it's, what, what advice would you give to somebody who is uh, risk adverse, who is contemplating making a move or making a jump or whatnot? And which, you know, your jump is different because it was within the same structure, within the same right. institution. But just what advice would you give somebody about maybe shifting into doing something that they've never done before? Yeah, like I, I think in spite of the fear, it's really doing it anyway, right? Noting, like you have to know that um, like making these leaps, right? Um, in the moment is difficult because you don't know where you land, where, where you'll land. You don't know um, what will happen. You don't know the risk involved. But I also feel that if you stay, you don't know what will happen. You don't know the possibilities, right? And so if 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 it's a risk to leap and it's a risk to stay, you might as well <laughs> leap forward, you know, and, and kind of see what what will happen from it. So I, I think a lot of times, like it's just fear of of making that move, not thinking that we have enough experience or not thinking that um we're good enough, right? Imposter syndrome, all the different things start to set in. Um, but you really ju ju just have to make that leap and trust that um, even if you fall, you'll be caught along the way. And so that's kind of what I what what I ended up doing was was making the jump, not knowing how it was going to work out. You know, I I didn't know that I was going to get the job, um, but I knew that. I would regret staying in the place that I was in um, and then wondering down the road, should I have done yeah. that? And I didn't want to have to deal with that. I know that's right. Well, shout outs to you and all your self-work <laughs> um, and knowing, you know, what you needed for yourself. Or what it's a work in progress. And you, I know that's right. You know it to be true. <laughs> what, <laughs> what about kind of... you, though? Go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. Not you. <laughs> no, go ahead and flip this thing over. No, go ahead. What are you about to have it's really not been much. Um, you know, uh, the summer for me was a very... Uh, relaxing summer to be honest um the end of the school year yeah of course you know once the vaccines were out you know there was at least some sense of hope <laughs> um mm. that we were out of the 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 the, the dark ages <laughs> um but um clearly a, a premature hope um it seems uh as we look at the news now um but i planned my first vacation um probably um I don't think I've ever taken a complete week off from a job I'm mm -hmm. always I'm always tagging you know I'll you know I'll do a long weekend here or a long weekend there the only time I've ever actually taken a full week off is always typically around death um so and did I took a full week off the week after graduation that basically the Sunday after commencement me and um, my two friends, um, uh, Indira, shout out to her, um, and uh, Jay, uh, Josette, oh, and I, we uh, went to Maine, um, to Portland, mm. Maine, and I had, to, 
baby. They about to have they about to have three more because I was definitely looking at no property. I was like, if Maine wants so doggone cold, <laughs> I would be Doing, able to get right? there. You hear me? Baby, the bill was flowing, the lobster rolls was fresh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, you know, uh, they got uh, you know a couple of other things that's legal. Uh, when, I, it was a time in the land <laughs> with the of Maine. I enjoyed shout out the yeah, shout out to anybody uh from New England up that way it was it was was a joyous time we really enjoyed it um and i needed it i didn't realize we do we did you know we drove so it was a road trip Mm -hmm. um and it was the drive from 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 where you are it was 14 hours from um they live in north carolina so it was 14 hours from where they're from um and it was really a, a good trip like you know we got to stop see a few folks um you know, um, on the way up and on the way back. Um, and we just, you know, listened to music, played our music, slept when we needed to sleep. Um, and even just being up there, um, I did a, a 14 mile bike ride. Mm. <laughs> the, I let the devil make a fool out of me. My, my, my. <laughs> Do you hear me? <laughs> Not 14 miles. 14 miles. <laughs> you know, but we got to see gonna, the beaches. Y'all, like, y'all, y'all check the, uh, check the Instagram. <laughs> Instagram, we'll yeah, put the picture yeah, up. <laughs> it was a mess, but that was, you know, and I'm, yeah, I definitely made myself a promise that I would like to actually make that a thing where, you know, at least just after the semester is over, just actually taking some time after the complete school year is over, taking that time going somewhere and just taking that week because it doesn't stop. <laughs> So you no. gotta stop. Yep. Um, like cause it ain't gonna stop. It, right. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, like this is there could be nothing pressing the week after graduation um for right. a chaplain. For you know, if right. it is something's wrong. Or um, at any point whenever you just need a vacation. Yes, whatever, very much right? true. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, Take absolutely. It. Um so you got vacation time, right? Yes. Please, please use your PTO. You know, um, yeah, we was who I can't remember who I was having lunch. My best friend, we was having um brunch Saturday, and that's what we talking about just the difference in generations because she works in a in a lab, um, as a lab tech, and she was just talking about just how you know some of her uh colleagues who are older just get befuddled, like you know, in this pandemic, like why are y'all taking so much time off? Like you know, they'll buy it back if you don't take it off, and it's like. You got to be here for them to buy it. Like I'm not about to be right. crazy for the idea of getting a few extra dollars for you to buy back my vacation. If day. COVID has it's taught us days. nothing else, <laughs> it is the importance of taking care of yourself yes. and doing what you need to do in the moment, right? Because yes. the the present moment is the only thing that you have. Right? Like you 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 just never. So yes, please yes. use your time. As a, yes, sick time, whatever exactly. it is. I'm a proud millennial in that, right? Because baby, yeah, we don't. Yeah, we 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 will change jobs in a minute, and we will take off when we need to. Love it. <laughs> like that's something Love I'm it. glad. I'm glad we've outgrown, and I feel like Gen Z, oh and I, um, and we can talk about Simone in a minute. Like they even are learning that in deeper ways than we are. But yeah, I'm I'm glad that we're at least getting that of like, no, I'm gonna take this time because it's mine, number one, um, yeah. and because I need it. So yeah. you know, I am definitely planning on doing that or whatnot, and then. June, we did uh we do a summer enrichment program for young people in the in the county. And I put on, you know, basically camp director hat and I loved it. Um I, you know, it was that was definitely new and different for me. Um, because 
yeah, the first year, my first year here, my first month here was the last time that program had actually been done in person due to the pandemic. So I really had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, and it's a 26 year program. Um, and there were really a lot of expectations that it would not go well, it would not be managed well, um, because I have no history with it. And so that was really, um, you know, a risk for me. Um, and really just putting myself out there, putting myself out of my comfort zone, but it went over really well. It really went off without any major hiccups or issues. And um, I'm just very appreciative, you know, to everybody who helped out with that. And I just, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed those young people. I think about them often, even now. Um, so that was a highlight for June, you know, in addition to my birthday. Um, did a birthday dinner uh -huh. and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was actually an assignment from my therapist because we got to talking about birthdays. And I was like, I don't think I've celebrated my birthday. Like, probably last time I've actually celebrated a birthday, I was like 21. Like, I just don't care to um uh a lot of times or so whatnot like it just i don't know um so i it was definitely something that she was like yeah no you're gonna actually do something even that's just wear something that you know you want to wear or buy yourself something or whatnot um and be around people you're actually going to be around somebody wow. so that was an assignment so how I did that feel her. for you if if weird because it's like like <laughs> why are we all here or when like you, you don't know, like, like no fuss to be made. exactly yeah <laughs> but you know i was very appreciative like a couple of my friends came up from atlanta and um my co-workers it was good for us to just be around each other in a different element and then my sister drove up um so it, it really turned out to be really fun and i was really glad for it or whatnot because you know june can be a really heavy month to be honest because uh, you know a lot of anniversaries and a lot of other birthdays of people who are not here it used to be really fun growing up but you know most of the uh, the folks in my family that i share a birthday with in june are not here anymore so i just haven't really been as celebratory about it probably for about the, at least the six past five or six years since probably about 20, 2011, 20, yeah, 2011 or so. So, you know, it was really good to just, I don't know, just let loose, just be free or whatnot and just have a good laugh or whatnot. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting at this phase in life where I'm hanging out socially um, and I'm the only person who's clergy, um, you know, who's mm. hanging out. That's a different, um, phase i'm in in life as well um but necessary yeah yes it is it's very necessary to have like those f other friendships and kinships and um just relationships and so that was yeah like it's 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 very different when people who like most of my coworkers, yeah like they don't know me in that light at all as far as like this identity as a you know, the identity that I had in the church, I'll, I'll put it that way. They definitely know me as the chaplain at school, but so it's just really different. Um, or whatnot, yeah. you know, that yeah. I appreciate, I enjoy. Um, and I, you just could not have told me a couple of years ago that this is where I would be in my life. So for that, I'm grateful and give God thanks. And then July, baby, it was just high girl summer July, but I'm just, say. <laughs> and amen, amen. <laughs> God was good, yeah, yeah, has been good. Summer. <laughs> but, uh, but you know it is over baby i'm you know getting my behind in the, you it, believe it, it is august yes it's august august is here black Gosh. august shout out to the people Absolutely. <laughs> but Absolutely. yeah no august is here and it is in full swing so it Absolutely. is definitely, it's definitely higher ed august is like you know Shoot. christmas 
yes. the preparation, right? It's so yes. much work to be done. Yep. Um, no, it's no sleep. So what you got coming up for the semester? Oh, wow. Um, so, well, the first thing is we're trying to decide what the heck we're going to do um, as it relates to this new Delta variant and kind of what impact Ooh. it might have. <laughs> so that's first and foremost, right? It's trying to figure that out. So we just went back to a mask mandate. At Delta's always messing up something, but let me hush. I'm going to be quiet on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we, we just went back to a mass mandate because we're in a high um, area of uh, of impact, of substantial impact. And uh, But aside from that, we have, I saw today I just uh, did um, some presentations for our incoming GAs and in student development. Um, around diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, and like multiculturalism. So a bunch of presentations happening this month because everybody mm -hmm. wants to ensure that they get their DEI yes. presentation in. Um, and then we also have, um, you know, orientation is what we're gearing up for for this month um, in the middle of a renovation of the center. So like that's happening. Uh, but I think the, the, the biggest part though is really trying to figure out how the hell we move forward with the year mm -hmm. we just had, right? When we have mm -hmm. not processed through 2020 in full um, and like how we are preparing to kind of serve students with in, in, impending budget cuts and, you know, shifts and changes to operations and, you know, uh, uh, the, the, uh, a, a pandemic that will not <laughs> cease. It will not um, let up. It's a lot. It's a lot. So that's that's kind of where we are right now. And I am anxious. I am yes. beyond anxious right now. Yeah. So it's a lot happening. No, I would say similar. The, the the whole, you know, I'm in the Bible Belt um, at a particular institution. And, um, you know, folks are really trying to do their due diligence. But there definitely are um, a large number of folks who yeah, um, they're just not doing what they need to do for the common good. Because we believe in God. You believe in God, <laughs> yeah, what you need exactly. a mask for. Exactly, yes, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. But we're not, and really just promoting a lot of misinformation around vaccination, or not, you know, and just is acting like it is almost an affront. I think that has been the biggest thing is what legally can you ask people? Because people, you know, are really asking, you know, People really feel that, you know, asking whether or not someone has been vaccinated is like asking them what color underwear they have on. Um, and <laughs> the way some of these things have just been politicized, um, you know, it's, 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 it's definitely going to make for a an anxious fall. Um, and I think um, trying to figure out how to give students um an engaging experience, how to give them some sense of life outside of their academics, how to mm -hmm. give them some sense of, um, you know, community, you know, uh, when, while they're on campus, um, all of these questions, they still remain. Um, and I think once, you know, the vaccine hit and things were felt calm for some people, you know, folks just immediately just went, okay, well, let's just go back to normal instead Can of- we really just talk about that for real? The word like, normal, <laughs> yeah, like- Not even, I'm just, just the, <laughs> how on Wednesday there was mandates, right? 
Wednesday evening, they were like, okay, never mind. Y'all can, you know, yeah. remove the mask. And on Thursday, I mean, we having parties of 10, 15,000 people. Like, what are we doing? No, it's very no slow rolling that thing at all. We just no, it's in. yeah, there was no gradual return or gradual mm-hmm. resume. Straight to the and- 12 feet. Yeah, exactly. And to have us planning things as if as if this past year and a half didn't happen. Like, let's just do everything the way it was. And we have not at all sat and assessed, okay, like, no, how are things fundamentally different? Um, and just a refusal to do it um, in yeah. some regards. And that's what is scary. And so now, you know, the big question is, you know, what, I mean, even down here, you had one institution who they instituted a mask mandate um, while they were indoors. They're the largest, they're the flagship institution of our state. Um, and of course, um, the General Assembly, you know, basically, you know, issued them a citation and said, telling them that legally they cannot do that. Um, and Good so night. you, it's, it's really about to be um, the same institutions that have have been placing all type of mandates on people for you know like mandates for everything you can think about you got to come in here with with shirt and shoes on but we but yep. we can't tell people that they have to wear a mask yep you can't wear you know um certain uh you know political um uh, attire right black lives yep. matter shirts things of that nature but as soon as you say wear a mask then it's an infringement of people's rights and all the other things, you know, that you talk about, you know, an ending on eviction moratoriums and oh. how that, you know, like, you know, that, that affects, yeah, like that, that will affect some portions of our student body as well. Um, yes. That it's very hard to focus on classes when mama, sister, whoever back home, you know, don't know where they're going to sleep um, or not, you know, and when, you know, I'm dealing with transitional homelessness or whatnot and houselessness. Yeah. In so, many places over the, this past weekend, I, I feel like it's going to get worse, but in many places over the weekend, um, rental places, U-Haul, et cetera, you could not get a rental. They yep. were yep. They were out of trucks, <laughs> right? Because of the hundreds of thousands of people who are who are facing eviction, it's, it's, it's going to get worse. Yeah, and so I think like that is the kind of thing. Yeah, in the midst of it, I had a I had a really good conversation, and I do hope we can get him on at some point. Um, with um with the Reverend Sean Palmer, um, and we were really just you know I just kind of really wanted to sound off on just where I was. Um, I think in many ways, the multicultural programming piece of my job has been something I really had to grow in and develop in yeah. and really just admit, okay, I need, I, I need other support systems or whatnot. Um, because I definitely do a lot of that programming still from my clergy framework um, or whatnot. And so I just, you know, I've reached out for a couple conversations with a few folks I knew who had been doing, like he runs a black cultural center. Um, mm-hmm. or and so who had been doing that kind of work for a while. Um, and it was just a conversation that has really stuck with me and stayed with me um, just about, you know, levity and luxury and you know a statement that he made was that oftentimes yeah a college campus is 
a black or brown child's first experience in luxury is their first experience you know in you know it's the first time they get to experience things that they would not experience at home right that they would not be able to afford elsewhere um and so you know as this kind of multicultural programs director like you know it is a big part of my role to curate and to create those kind of experiences for students and Sean um, and so, was good at curating that yes exactly <laughs> honey yes lord <laughs> Had the Kim playing, the pastel colors, like ready, everything color coordinated. Remember that color purple uh, banquet day? Oh yes, that was nice. It was so dope. Yeah, yes. I'm gonna make sure that the luxury is there. You hear me? But yeah, like we have such a mindset of scarcity too in higher ed. And uh, you know, the pandemic, of course, is going to complicate that. Um, You know, but even so, these students are deserving, right? They they are very much deserving of of having nice experiences and whole experiences. So I'm really using that as a framework um, for how I think about this next academic year. You know, even I'm taking students on a retreat tomorrow. Like normally dinner would be mellow mushroom. But I was like, you know, how can I up that a little bit? Like, let's, you know, Let's treat them to the roost. Come <laughs> on. A, a more upscale. Come on. Not, you know, like, and that's not to say that, of course, thinking about resources, but where can I shortchange, you know, or whatnot in some other things? I don't know, office right. supplies or some stuff right. that is right. really not that, you know, to actually make sure that students have an experience that they won't forget um, and that they can, you know, actually say like, wow, we did this here. Or we did this there. So I've really been thinking about levity and joy. Um, yeah. And how much joy, love, leisure, luxury, recreation, celebration, how all of that is a part of culture. Um, rest you know rest right just as much as advocacy and activism like you know all of it is mixed up or whatnot but um you can't lose sight of some of these things that really help you tap into pleasure and help you tap into um joy and lightness so i think even in light of that like you know we're getting ready to gear up for latinx heritage month i'm really thinking about you know those aspects of um, Latino, Latina, Latinx culture um, that really tap into these themes of joy and leisure and laughter. Um, oh, and, I, and you know, um, of course, some more serious and weightier issues, but also recognizing that that doesn't have to be the bulk of programming for students. Yeah. Um, because I just think many of them they need that joy after all we've been through. And what a difference it makes, or will make, it could make. Um, to teach that, right? To teach joy, laughter, right? To to, to teach relaxation instead of always, right. always, you know, having to teach activism. Not saying that activism isn't necessary and it doesn't have a place, yes. but right, what it looks like to teach, especially Black and Brown students who are navigating predominantly white institutions. What it looks like to teach them that it is okay to rest, right? That it is not your job to fix institutions that have been in existence for centuries, right? Like to to, to say, no, we're actually going to talk about um, pleasure. We're actually going to talk about renewal. And and not just talk about it. We're going to experience it. Right, Um, right, right. Like I really provide avenues for you to, right? (laughs) Have pleasure, have, have joy. Yes. Like that, that needs to happen. And it's hard. The the tax that happens whenever it's taxing to always have to be turned on. We know from our experience in graduate school, right? Like that we were, 
we thought we were doing it up, but when we left out of there, we were so tired. <laughs> You're exhausted. I think, you know, like I really had to ask myself, you know, outside of athletics, academics, and advocacy work, like where are black and brown students like creating mm-hmm. joy on my campus? Um, or whatnot. And in some ways, like I see it, you know, in the underground, non-traditional ways, but that's very few and far between. Like what is actually formalized and systematized in my programming that can reflect that and show that and that caused a lot of self-reflection in me because hell had to be honest about it like that's not that's something i'm learning how to do at 31 (laughs) um you know like i yeah much of my life has not been around leisure much of my life has not been around Mm -hmm. levity right or not like i'm you know really reflecting on like being 31 and not and being jealous of people who actually have hobbies Um, (laughs) (laughs) people who just have stuff that they like to do just because they like to do it like they're not no, for money right like, no it's, it's not a side <laughs> hustle it is like i want to do this thing and there's no other strings attached to it other than i enjoy it no i love yeah like I, I literally envy people who who were able to have and i've really been reading a lot on just the importance of play as adults um like and how we just need to do more time and spend more time and that is a luxury like or whatnot like that is very much a privilege or whatnot um but it's gonna be one i tap into oh not you know Absolutely. And, and yeah like just i mean you just think about it, like people who they actually enjoy going out to a golf course they actually enjoy going bowling they actually i don't know enjoy cooking and all these different things or whatnot and i don't think definitely like the child preacher in me never tapped into that there was always perpetual oh pressure were you allowed to tap into <laughs> exactly it was like perpetual pressure to basically people please and perform um yeah. so i cannot tell you what things i actually you know yeah, what actually what what things I actually worked on and built up just for me. Because while um, we in the fellowship hall, we're gonna talk about how <laughs> you know that's Dustin's way of saying I'm about to go off script. I really am, but while we're here, <laughs> let's talk about how you know, especially in churches growing up, um, you were never allowed to to kind of have that leisure outside of church, right? It was always about what work you could do in here and everything else, right, was (laughs) secular, right? That's, mm -mm, nah, no, 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 no. It's because y'all just want us in here because you want free labor. So I think for, especially a lot of us who grew up in the church and have kind of our our identities developed within, you know, within the church. That's all that we thought we could do. And we've seen people dedicate their time, energy, resources to the church uh, for years, for decades. Um, and, and that was all under the, the moniker of service, right? Yes. Uh, that's what you do whenever you uh, are serving the church, whenever you are a servant leader, you know, yes. and, and yeah. And we need to really problematize language like servant leadership. And yes. Um, and that be, yeah, that literally, whatever, yeah. no, that literally be what you be doing in your free time. Like I should not have been spending summers doing revivals. Like, <laughs> like Girl, go to the been, beach. yeah, that should have been other life. should have been the camps or, you know, I don't right. even know, like just, you know, just doing the things that were tapping into my own sense of creativity and purpose, Um, you know, or whatnot. and just my interior, you know, stuff that was 
making me feel my age that was very much age appropriate um yeah. and so then you get older and you're wondering like what do i like and the only thing you can think about is church right no i gotta like something other than church right no <laughs> it is it is very real and it, it it what it you know that's what breeds culture of you know just you know a culture of 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 I don't of depend codependency. Yeah. Um, and that's really what happened or whatnot. And like I, yes, that's I mean, and that's really yeah, or whatnot. Like where you need, yeah, where you need this vocation as much as it needs, um, or as much as you you are taught to believe that it needs you, right? Listen, um, for the four to five people who are listening. Go get you a hobby. <laughs> Find you something yes. that you actually that's the homework assignment. <laughs> yes, the homework. Yep. Yeah, yep. it's like in the words of the Reverend Dr. Katie Cannon, do what your soul must have, right? She said, it ain't quite like that. Um, how it go, Rocky? Do the work that your soul, your must, soul have. must have. There we go, right? Yes. And and, and let that let that be good freedom work, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Go go enjoy experience. You know, no, do something that I'm... you haven't done before. Yes. And that could, you know, it don't have to be no big, you know, I, you know, I learned the new skill during the pandemic, you know, for, you know, for me, a playfulness has, has really tapped into so many ways um, that, like I say, I just stopped people pleasing or whatnot. Like, I think for me, um, how I showed up as far as dress. And I think I even may have had a conversation with you. Yeah, not, so much of that was so performative and it was like, Oh, I'm so uncomfortable in this mess. Or whatnot. Like, this is just not me. Or whatnot. Um, it just wanted to play around with colors, play around with looks, play around with your hair, play around. Like, you know, that was all stuff that like, like people all oh, preachers shouldn't look like that. <laughs> or oh, pastor oh, should be. <laughs> but your uh, woman should look like that for me. Oh, that. Like yeah. it all these so like just being able to say, you know what, F that. Like I'm like, I'm gonna buy some stuff that I wanna buy. I'm gonna wear some stuff that I wanna wear. But try some stuff that I wanna try. And right. let that be that for sure. It's the respectability, it is the the fictive <laughs> standard. Yes. Um, as if you, know, you remember when you had the Duke starting five. Wherever I still got a little bit of it, you know. I still, I still, you know, put a little, a little curl in. And you know, you also I, got the got the earring, the, right? The, so I had it, you know, start wearing a, a earring, and you know, and then the first thing I was told by some people I love very dearly, uh, you know, preacher ain't supposed to look like that. Well, what is a preacher supposed to look like? You know, I'm, I'm not about to walk around looking like, uh, you know, Reverend uh, Cleveland. It's just not gonna happen. You know, I'm not about to wear the three inch break. Um, you know, pantsuits and the in, in the linen suits and things of that nature. That's not me, <laughs> right? I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna be authentic to who I am. And if and if it's not liked, if it's not appreciated, to hell with it. Um, Facts. but does that change? Does that change who I am as a person <laughs> because I have an earring or because I have tattoos or right? Yeah. No, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't. Uh, we got to get like beyond that. No. We got to get beyond that. And it's it don't too- just happen in the church. It happens no. in our organizations and yeah, exactly. our fraternities and sororities. It happens, especially at our historically black colleges and universities that still push, you know, respectability politics. Um, you know, I can call the, the role of organizations that it happens. in. if you don't show up to the NAACP meeting dressed a certain way, right? The people don't, they don't take you, you know, you, I'm just talking about organizational meetings as a whole, right? Like you you show up and folks, you know, they 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 write you off or don't want to take you as seriously um, because of how you present, right? And it's like, come on, like, are, are we still 
there? No, <laughs> Is this I've the been really century? thinking about like, that. Yeah. I've been really thinking about how, you know, style is an extension of self um, or whatnot. And just, you know, how to tap more into that. Like, you know, where Dustin works, there's an actual multicultural and ethnic center where I am. I am that center. <laughs> it does not exist. So yeah. in many ways, how I show up in a space is giving students permission to be themselves or to not, right? <laughs> or yeah. not. It, it, it's signaling something to students about, okay, this is a person I can go to for this, or this is a person I can go to for that or whatnot. Because in many ways, you know, they're making this space, you know, inclusive, like, you know, they're blackening it up or whatnot. Um, they're queering it up or whatnot. And yeah. so this is somebody that, you know, that, yeah, their office, or, you know, or their presence is safe space for me. So I think that's just important to do. Um, and yeah, whatever that is, is just be free um in that regard but i think those are some things i've been thinking about like just in planning for the fall is how do i create just that sense of playfulness and um really allowing students to have great experiences and memorable experiences um and also like how to for me it, it has required me to tap into some authenticity um that i definitely have been afraid of stepping into in the workplace yeah. um because of like you say what institutions teach us about professionalism and not to throw anybody under the bus, but I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Like, that's also what confuses me about a lot of our, you know, con contemporaries, our friends, our, our, our colleagues, et cetera, who um, profess to be, you know, so um, justice minded, right? So, uh, so concerned and breaking down and changing systems and, and, and continue wow. to show up in these very old school, <laughs> respectable ways. Like, who are you really, right? Like, who are you under, and, and whatever, if I'm it done. is you, it is you, but I think when many- If it is, it is, right? Like, we, we know some folks who we know if if they got on a suit, that's just who they are. We know yes. Kevin. That's just who Kevin is, right? Like matter of fact, <laughs> go ahead, go. We, we, while we talking, that's who he is, right? Um, and 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 his work and and actions match. And there's some people that are just they anyway. Uh, Kevin, this is for you. No, this, yeah, Kevin is that type. He's gonna have his suit. He sells suits, so it's kind of right. It makes sense. It's a part of his job. <laughs> but he also is just old because anybody who just puts this in a group chat is old. Dustin, is that song Square Beer? Square ham, hmm, ham, Y'all, that is one of my homeboys. This is the guy to random stuff. He's just an old cat, right? That's just who he is. So not. But you know, even yeah, like that's not a script he's performing. Like, and we and, and we love it. But he's yeah, he's gonna have a suit nine times out of ten. No, we not. Um, and but I'm talking about the folks that it is not. You can tell, right? You don't even look comfortable in it, but you feel yes. that you have to do that, right? You got to show up to the conference. You got to show up to the meeting uh, in these, you know, in, in ways that are are antithetical to the life that you claim um, to be pushing for. Like we really have to, and maybe you just haven't had the freedom to do that, but if you're listening, take this as your freedom to do so, right? That you do not have to show up and perform, period.
Yes, no, that's real. I mean, because you got the opposite too. You got, the, you know, with the flashy t shirts and skinny jeans and Air Maxes, but the theology oh, is yeah. just as backwards. Um, oh, and, and the ideology is just as backwards. So, like, let's all, like, yeah, just create spaces where we can, yeah, all show up into the fullness of who we are. Be who but, you is. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's, it's very important and very necessary. So, I don't even know how we got off of that, but somebody had to need that. Maybe I just needed that or not. So I think, yeah, just being, I, I've been amazed in ways and I'll end here. I will say I've been amazed how the work I have been doing in higher ed these past two years have caused me to be more self-reflexive and self-reflective than I yes. ever was yes. <laughs> when I worked in the church. And yes. I'm not dogging, well, I promise we're not going to do that this season because I know people had comments that we were <laughs> dogging the black church way too much. It we're not doing it. it. <laughs> and we ain't turning in no ordination certificate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Pink>. <laughs> 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 but no, what I'm but I am saying I really yeah, it's amazing to me how working with college students really has made me sit so much with me <laughs> and, yes. like, and yes. reflect on me and, and yeah. work and want to work on me. So continuing in that work, I've done a you know a lot of that thing in the summer, and I I'm sure it would definitely come out in some of the programming. So yes. I'm excited and I'm happy or whatnot. So what are the current events, Reverend? I mean, back to that respite. I mean, can we just talk about Simone real quick and how oh, she yeah, is modeling for us what it looks like to take care of you primary, right? What it looks like to say no, what it looks like to be authentic to who you are, what it looks like to be comfortable um, enough to walk away from spaces, even if it's a space that you train your entire life to be in. Yep, like, right. that is that has helped me in ways that like I will never um, be yeah, able text, to explain. You text, yeah, you text like you posted the group chat super early one morning, basically just saying that how you know impacted you were by her decision, um, and how it you know. How it just sat with you. So what was going through your mind when that happened? I'm tired. <laughs> That's what I, I am tired. Mm. Um, be, beyond, and I ain't going to say too much because that's what I got a therapist for. But I, I am tired uh, beyond what I can explain. Um, and, and a lot of it is because I have convinced myself and I have been convinced that I have to continue showing up even when I'm tired, right? Mm. Um, I've been told my entire life that it's what you do, right? That it is a part of our ancestral DNA um, to just show up despite the circumstance. And I believe that, um, like, I don't believe, like, Simone and, and, and others, but Simone is definitely showing us that that does not have to be the case, right? Like, you get to decide when you will and will not show up. Um, and the world will not end. <laughs> Everything will be okay. Um, it, it requires a, a lot of confidence um, and, and a lot of self-reflection, right? Um, you, you really have to know yourself. Uh, but I really appreciated um, just, you know, her saying no. Like, like for my betterment, I have to step away. And I will, you know, very honestly um, and openly say that that's still a place that I am attempting to be in, right? I am still working towards that. Um, but it was a reminder that if if 
that this woman can walk away from the damn Olympics. That is literally, that is, that is what athletes work towards. <laughs> they train their entire lives to, to have that opportunity. And she knew um, enough to say, no, like this is, this is not what I need right now. She said my mental wasn't there. It's like, not there. And like, we really have to do those check-ins with ourselves and really ask like, are we here? Am I present? Right. Um, no. Do I need to step away? No, you're exactly right. It just went back to, you know, you know, a, a real experience with a former employer where I remember going to this employer and really telling them that, hey, mentally, I am not present. <laughs> um, I am not here. <laughs> um, and I, I need some time. Um, and I, you know, I need to step away um from my responsibilities really. Um and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to get paid and still step away. I, you know, I was like, if, you know, if it's a resignation, you know, I just need to go home. I need to go to my parents. Um and just the back and forthness of it all, um, and the way I just was so guilted, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it was just so real. Um, and it's not at all to say that it's the same level of pressure as the, uh, you know, as competing in the Olympics. So I, I just can't even fathom. Like, I think the biggest part is like the, the you know, the way we are so conditioned um, to people, please, um, that it's such a, yeah, it's such a hindrance for so many of us, like, to say no, I think about, you know, even in just the past couple of weeks or the past year and a half, like so many times when my first mind is like, this is going to put me over capacity. This is going to be too much. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, and I, this is going to overwhelm me. But because I like the person who asked or because, you know, like, right. Or not, you know, because I don't want to ruffle any feathers because I don't want to, you know, put anybody else at an inconvenience. You're just like, well, okay. Like I'll make it work. I'll figure it out. Like, you know, uh, you know, it'll, it'll come together or not. And so to have that kind of resolve that she had to be able to say no, to go to a press conference, have people consistently questioning that decision and to still hold to your resolve, to be very clear in your intentions and your language or whatnot. You know, oftentimes when athletes do that, you know, these PR people, they feed them other kinds of stuff like, well, say this is wrong or say that is wrong to clearly say, no, I am taking this break because my mental is not there. I'm not mentally healthy. And that's not something I'm going to be shamed by. That's not something I'm going to be stigmatized by. That's not something, you know, I'm going to hide behind or whatnot, but no, this is why or whatnot. Um, And I don't have to offer any explanations for that. (laughs) I don't have to go into any detail on what I mean when I say that or whatnot like the statement stands and man if we you know if more of us had more of that resolve we would probably actually be healthy in the things that we did do and that's um, real and that's real <laughs> and that's how i was telling somebody the other day like you know it, it's also a misnomer of this well the our ancestors you know they well some of them had no choice and then there's some like the ancestors in my bloodline who said hell no right like <laughs> some of the ones who are still here right my my my, my great grandmother who is fireball <laughs> tells me all the time right how you know she showed up to places and they they've you know had expectations of her and, and her response was no I'm going to tell you what I'm not going to do, right? Um, and we really have to, like, lean into to more of that. Um, and that's what I'm like. My, my 
like mourning ritual has included like me asking the ancestors to give me the resolve to say no, to know when I'm over capacity, right? Um, and to be okay with that. Mm, mm. And to yeah, to not, yeah, to not apologize for the no, I think. Um, and you, you know, I'm really coming to a place where I'm really evaluating how many relationships that I think are sustaining relationships are really just rooted in work. Um, or not that really outside of what I what what you produce for these people um, or these entities like outside of that what really is the nature of the friendship um, what really mm. is the nature of the kinship or the relationship um, and so being able to really assess that yeah like my value is is deeper than that um and so you know shout out to her naomi i'm definitely trying to do some programming around that this year to be honest like i i i wonder um just about you know it's really caused me to wonder as well even on our campuses just about the trajectory of black female athletes um yeah. and, and, and and what are some of the pressures i mean i think black athletes in general um in white spaces or whatnot but really kind of that double jeopardy because i think it, it's it's all but forgotten that you know you talking about a young woman who was really the face of a, a highly public sexual assault lawsuit um and who you know it's a pandemic and all these things and you're just expected to just jump back and like hey let's just get out oh, here yeah. yeah whatnot and so that kind of that kind of double nature of being you know both female and black um and you know in industries that are very much not made or created for women or black folks um and just the kind of pressures that many of them they have to become like professionals and they have to really have you know just these really calm cool and collected temperaments at very young ages um and their whole lives are under spotlights or not you yeah. know and how how healthy is that you know um you know for for folks who yeah who are not deserving of these things um like they don't deserve to be under the the spotlight in in such a scrutinized way um even some of the comments that people made on Facebook you know just about you know her choosing to step back and step down it's just it's so telling like you're telling people what you think about individuals right. who have to step away like you're telling right. them that's what I'm saying and what the pandemic has taught us if nothing else right is that the system will do whatever it needs to do to return even if it means your um even if even if it's antithetical to your well-being, right? So we see that right right now with what we're experiencing is because we refuse to do what was necessary to get to a good, healthy place, right? And then we all rush back in yep. with, with no acknowledgement of what has transpired over the last 18 months. And then here we are, <laughs> right, a, a couple months later, you know, about to have to shut back down again because we did not do what was necessary then. Like it's the, the, and, and it's really because, right, it's what we talked about before, that that machine called capitalism that requires that we always show up, right, so that, you know, Jeff Bezos can, you know, get in his, his uh, space shuttle. Exactly. Whitey <laughs> on the moon. Whitey on the moon. Like, so real. Yeah, like, <laughs> yes. Didn't Gil Scott try to tell us like <laughs> no, for real? It's no, it's 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 
is very necessary. And I know, you know, I don't want to feel like we we overemphasize um rest and care um at the expense, you know, of 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 recognizing people's real lived realities. Um, but really interrogating some of that because sometimes yeah, that's your reality because that's our reality because we make it. Yeah. <laughs> reality. Um, and when I think we just need to recognize that and be okay with that. Um, and just real boundaries, man. Be okay with with the fact that yeah, everybody ain't gonna like you no way. Even you can show up, do everything for everybody, run yourself raggedy, and people still gonna have something to say. <laughs> so you might as well be rested. Exactly. Be rested and talk about <laughs> be rested and not like oh not you might as well enjoy yourself. <laughs> we'll talk for real. Yeah. Sure. If you're gonna but, talk about me, talk about me while I'm uh, about to go golfing, you know, wherever I know that's I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, uh, you know, we've been yapping and yapping in the fellowship hall. This is actually a fun kind of episode. I oh, like it. to be honest. I'm I like like, it. Yeah, y'all leave us some fellowship hall we comments. Back, y'all. We back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to be back consistently. Yeah, you know, in the South, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, they say it differently. B-I-K-E. As the folks, shout yeah. out to the folks in Florida. But um, we're going to try to be back consistently. We're not even going to try. We're going to claim it. We will be. Um, yes. And just, yeah, tapping in. Like I say, I, there are definitely some guests we're hoping to have this season. Um, and really tapping into some of the cultural elements also as well of our job. I feel like mm-hmm. we talked a lot about the spiritual um undertones and the the meaning making that we that we try to craft and curate um and also the meaning making that we're making in our own lives but really hoping to tap into some of the cultural pieces and identity pieces i'm really been thinking a lot about identity formation and what that means for me (laughs) at 31 and what that means for um you know the communities that we work with so hopeful to do a lot of that um this season as well but yeah pick what's your closing word we're gonna get palmer on here yeah i know yeah we have we're gonna get Trey back on here. Yes, that was a really good episode. That was that um, was some other folks we got to bring in. Yeah, I really yeah we got I I have some thoughts. I really want to get um Benny Star, who is my oh, one of my favorite artists. He, he's doing a project. Easy. Yeah, with the water conservation, he's agreed to come on. So yeah, I'm definitely I'll be listening. I'll be I might uh, try to tweet him this episode. So hopefully he'll come on and, and join us or whatnot. Um and yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna hush on that. But um, but yeah, so we'll have some other folks. I was about, I was about to go <laughs> in a way aside. Um, but yeah, so just tune in, check us out, like, comment, share, reply, respond, feedback. Yeah, exactly. We really want to hear your feedback. We want to hear from you. Um, yeah, don't be afraid to give us uh any feedback. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it for sure. But people on your... Instagram at uh the oh sacred, yeah sacred spot. We do. What is it, right? Yeah, we are. Hold on one second. And I can tell the folks. Shout out to my sister who gave us an Instagram. She's kind of over over us. Oh, yeah, the Sacred Spot Pod. Yeah, we are. I was at the Sacred Spot Pod, P O D, on Instagram. We need some more followers. So, y'all go do that. Well, we definitely gonna try to post more regular. My sister does social media for a living, so and she just like we gotta get more consistent. So we are gonna try to do that and just put some more color on the podcast on the um Instagram to the, the color it up or whatever. But pick what is your closing word for the week? What do you want to offer to people? Um, what do you want to leave them with as a you know as a word of inspiration? It's very simple. A, a, a prophet gave it to gave it to us a couple weeks ago. 
Go lay down. <laughs> Go lay down. No, really, uh, find something that brings you joy. Um, you know, even if you don't know what it is, go out and try something until you have joy um, and lean into that uh, and don't apologize for it. Don't make excuses for it. Um, enjoy it, you know, enjoy it um, and and really get the 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 rest and the, and the renewal that you that you need that your soul requires. Um, yeah, that's that's it. You got anything for the people, Rocky? You know, um, I've been reflecting and reading a lot um, about the life and spirit of Robert Paris Moses, Bob Moses, mm. who went on the glory. Um, he was an amazing freedom fighter, but many of us probably do not know him or his story or his legacy. And yeah, I read probably one of the most beautiful obituaries crafted. Um, it was in the Nation magazine um, about his life. Um, I cannot remember the professor's name, but she organized um, with him in during Freedom Summer in 64 in Mississippi. And, you know, she said just, she really talked about how Bob Moses, although his last name was Moses, <laughs> the last thing he wanted to be was a Messiah. <laughs> um, mm. And for him, that messianic way of leadership that was rooted in um, taking up space, that was rooted in the politics of respectability, that was rooted in always having something to say was just so antithetical to who he was. She said he really saw his life as an organizer. It's not making sure that he has something to say, but it was helping the people he worked with figure out what they wanted to say. Um, and sometimes just knowing that, yeah, the best, you know, work that you can do um, is helping marginalized communities, helping, um, you know, folks who, yeah, like they're in the background, folks who need an opportunity, they need a chance, is figuring out how to help them step into their own voice. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. where I am, you know, really in my life or when I, it's just really thinking about like, yeah, well, how can I create spaces where, where people can rise up and step into their own? And, you know, she really said that it was, you know, because of Bob Moses, really knowing when to step back that we have, you know, such vivid memories of Fannie, Lee, Fannie Lou Hamer. That there were so many times wow. people were asking Bob to speak and he was like, no, the real speaker is Fannie Lou. You need to get Fannie Lou and whatnot. You know, he really discovered her. Um, and so just really thinking about that, if you have not, um, if you're not familiar with this story, with this life, with this legacy, um, please go and look up the work of Bob Moses. Um, you know, it reminds me of, you know, when um, God showed up to Elijah, he didn't show up in the earthquake. He didn't show up in these loud things, but he showed up in that still small voice um, or whatnot. It was quiet. Um, and so in many ways, Bob Moses, he embodied the work of God, not by being this huge, overwhelming personality, but by really his quiet charisma. Um, and it's okay to have that as well. Like there are so many models to be a good leader. So go look him up rest in peace Bob Moses thank you for all that you offered to the world um thank you for all that you gave to us um and we will definitely make sure that your name is remembered Ashe all right good people we'll see you next time on the sacred spot thank you for listening to another episode of the sacred spot a podcast that seeks to provide a brave open welcoming and affirming space for black faith practitioners and higher ed professionals in order to develop restorative practices rooted in healing and wholeness from an African diaspora-centered perspective. Please remember to like, comment, and share.
and we'll see you next time.